Welcome to the LYC Podcast. We are a youth community that believes in loving people and meeting them where they are. Our desire is that through this message, God's love for you is confirmed, your hope in Jesus is renewed, and your faith is awakened. All right, Mark chapter five, we're gonna start. Uh, we started this series uh, last week, kind of mini series talking about encountering God, encountering God. Um, Matt did such a great job last week from his heart, preaching, teaching, uh, sharing his testimony, talking about how we can encounter God Every single day, it often happens in the most unique, random, uh, opportune times where God out of nowhere will just all of a sudden grab your attention. And I want to talk tonight uh, kind of in, in, in that same, same line of thinking, uh, but really preparing us for camp this weekend. However, if you're not going to camp, this is applicable to every time you approach God. But I want to talk tonight um, from, from, from this subject. If you're taking notes, you can write this down, title the sermon. Uh, I want to talk from this subject, what do you want? What do you want? Uh, this is the last time I'll ask you to do this, so I need full participation. Look at your neighbor and with some attitude, say, what do you want? What do you want? I, I, I want to preach from this subject tonight because I, I want for you to see that with God, um, what, what the Bible teaches us and helps us to, to see and understand is that God really is a God that, that extends an invitation to say, what, what, what is it that you want? Uh, Mark chapter 5, I asked you to turn there. I'm going to read you a story tonight about a woman uh, who you may be familiar with. She's known as the woman with the issue of blood in Scripture. And I want to read her story and pull some things out of it tonight that I think are actually incredibly applicable to all of our lives. Mark chapter 5, starting in verse 25. I'm reading out of the New King James Version. Um, and here, here's what it says. Now, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years, and she'd suffered many things from many physicians. She'd spent all that she had and was no better, but rather she only grew worse. Now, when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in a crowd and touched his garment. Other translations say the hem or just the corner of his garment. For she said, listen to this, for she said, in her heart to herself, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately, someone say immediately, immediately. Immediately. Immediately the fountain of blood, of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. Verse 30, and Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you, right? Like that's kind of a, like you're Jesus, so I don't want to say, but you're kind of a dumb question because uh, the answer is everyone's touching you. You're in a mob of people like who's not touching you is a better, better question. For, for you see the multitude and you say, who, who touched me? Verse 32, and he looked around to see who, who had done this thing. Verse 33, but the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing that had happened to her, came and fell before him and told him the whole truth. Verse 34, and he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Again, if you're taking notes, you can write this down, the title of the sermon, the subject I want to preach from. What do, what do you, you want? 
Um, have you ever felt like before in life, someone did not care what you wanted? Um, I will just be honest with you. My children probably feel like that right now. Because a phrase that I often say in my household is, I don't care what you want. Now, before you like get judgmental and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm calling the authorities. This is abuse of children right here. Uh, let me explain to you. Well, first of all, let me, let me tell you this. The season of parenting that we are in is a season that we are teaching our children obedience. And uh, our children, six, four, and two, uh, we're teaching them obedience because we have conversations like this on the daily. Matter of fact, let me tell you two conversations I had yesterday, one with a six-year-old, one with a four-year-old. First one's dinner. Hey, it's time for dinner. We are, we're eating dinner, come inside. And my six-year-old sits down and she goes, ugh, ugh, chicken again. I don't, I don't want, and, and what I says, Evelyn, I don't care what you want. I care that you eat your food because what we care more about than your preference is, is your obedience. Last night I had the same conversation with my four-year-old. All right, it's time for bed. Oh, I don't want to go to bed, Brooklyn. I do not care what you want in this moment. What we care about is that you learn how to, oh, to obey. I think sometimes we can get this, this picture that that's God, right? Like, God doesn't really actually care about what I want. God, God doesn't, like, one of the things that, um, P.S., anybody in this room, have you gotten really good? I don't want to call it manipulations. I'm not putting that on you. But have you gotten really good at using your words creatively to get what you want? This, this, like, one of the things that Evelyn just started doing, Evelyn's like, Dad, I mean, I got something to ask you. Oh, okay, what, what do you want? Well, um, I mean, before I ask you, like, I... I mean, I really want, but I just, I know that you're probably maybe going to say, and she goes through this whole, that she's trying to manipulate me a certain way. And, and I think sometimes we can feel like I know what I want. I know what I need, but I don't really think that God cares. God bless you. I don't really think that God cares so much about, about what I, what, what I want, which, which by the way, is partially true. Because do you know what God cares about more than your immediate gratification do you know what God cares about more than all of your hopes, dreams, and desires and you getting every, what God really cares about is you having life to the full. John 10, 10, Jesus said, the whole reason I came is so you can have an amazing life. The whole reason I came is not just so you can go to heaven, but so that you can have life and life abundantly. And what God cares about more than us just getting what we want in the moment is God cares about the, the longevity or the, the sustainability of a life that is satisfied by his goodness and not ending in destruction because sin or our own ways always lead in destruction. However, this, this is part of it, but there's another part of God that God absolutely 1000% is asking the question of you and I tonight, what do you want? Anybody, you're like me, you love going to restaurants, a any restaurant people in the house? Like not, not as many people as I thought, interesting. Um, qu question, if you are a restaurant person, just you can shout it out at me, what's your favorite restaurant to go to? Okay, let's classify real quick. I heard Chick-fil-A and Garrett's pointing at his Waffle House t-shirt. Um, all right, just let's, let's do a little investigation. This is not part of the sermon. If it has a drive-through, is it a restaurant? No. It's, it's not, it's not? Okay, okay. 
If it has the word waffle or house in it, is it a restaurant? Is that, is that I don't, I don't, like, if, <laughs> I mean, you, you might take your prom date to Waffle House. I could see that. That's possible. Um, okay, so, so I, I like going to restaurants, but we didn't go to restaurants a ton growing up because we just didn't have a lot of money. And, and so when we went to restaurants growing up, we had one rule. We had one rule at the restaurant, and it's probably not what you think. The one rule we had, because we didn't go to restaurants often, is we would get there, and we'd op- we'd, uh, uh, open up the menu, and my dad would say, all right, you can get whatever you want. Just like you, like n- n- no limits, get what, because we didn't go very often, and, and my dad's philosophy is if we're going to go like once every in a, in a blue moon, we're going to make it count. This is going to be enjoyable. We're going to have, hey, just get whatever you want. My dad had the same. Do your parents have jokes that are really getting old? Yeah. Like they were funny the first time. And after like seven years, you're like, no, no, no. Like we like that's like to this day, I'm 33 years old. And to this day, if we go out with my parents, my parents are like, hey, just like get whatever you want. My dad will always order last. And he has the same joke. He goes, oh, well, I mean. I guess if you guys are having that, I'll just, I'll just have a water. Like, it's not, it's not funny, Dad. Like, we, we get it. It's, obviously, you don't think it's as funny as he thinks it's funny either. Um, but but I, I loved going to restaurants because he, here's this menu, and I get to pick whatever I... Can I tell you that's actually a great picture of God? Because God has given to you and I a menu to choose from. The Bible says this, that all of God's promises are yes and amen. That every promise that's in the Bible, whether it's of healing or provision or protection or, or, or of wit, what every promise you have in the Bible, the Bible says God's already said it's yes. In other words, God says, here's the menu. What, 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 what do you want? If you're taking notes, I want to give you three observations from this text that we read tonight that I think are pretty, um, well, they're pretty imperative that you and I understand because if we don't understand them, it will limit our ability to encounter or receive from God. Number one, if you're taking notes, just jot this down, that God is no respecter of persons. God's no respecter of persons. Do, do you have a favorite anything? Do You got a favorite pair of shoes you like to wear? You got a favorite TV show? You, you got, I'm like looking at, trying to think of examples. You got a, fa- a favorite anime character. I don't know why I pointed at Isaiah. You, you got a, like, you got a favorite friend. Um, h- how about, do you have a least favorite something? You, you got a least favorite place to go. You got a, okay, let's do this real quick. Since we're, since we're on subject, what is your least favorite restaurant to go to, to eat? Waffle, <laughs> Waffle House, Popeyes, Chick-fil-A, KFC. Why Sonic, rest in peace, why, why, why do we often feel like we fall in the least category with God? Why do we often feel like somewhere on the inside when we need it the most, we, we can feel like we fall in that least category. Can I tell you with God, God has no favorites. The Bible says, we won't read it, but you can write it down. The Bible says in, in Acts chapter 10, verse uh, 34 through 35, that God shows no partiality. But with anyone, anyone who will, who will walk or live in his ways, God will do for one what he's done for, for any. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 2, verse 6, Paul, Paul says this. You can put that on the screen. Paul goes in Galatians 2, 6. He says, but from those who seem to be something, 
whatever they were, it makes no difference to me because God shows personal favoritism to no one. God does not play favorites. What we can see in Mark chapter five is evident because this woman, she was the least of the least. This woman in society, she would have been marginalized. She would have been belittled. She was a nothing. She was a no one because of her condition. People in this culture, they saw conditions like hers as a sign. God has cursed you. Obviously, you're in sin. Obviously, God did this. And and because they saw it as a sign that God has, has put this on you, they would have marginalized, belittled. She would have been the least of the least. And yet, Jesus still stopped. And yet, Jesus met. Can I just tell you tonight that with God, God shows no favorites. And you just need to, to know tonight that what God has done for one, God will do for you. This is why there's such power in testimony. Matt, last week he was teaching, preaching, and he was sharing his testimony. All these things that God's done for him, how how God has, has spoken to him, how God's brought healing to him. Come on, there's power in testimony because it's a reminder. If God did it for one, God will do it for me. Can I just help you to maybe see this tonight, that when it comes to to God's promises when it comes to all the things that that God can and will and has done, there is nothing that is off the table for you tonight. There's not a single thing. There's nothing that's off. God goes, what do you want? And number two, jot this down. My second observation from this text is this, that, that you get what you expect. Read with me Mark chapter five, verse 28 through 29, and listen, listen to what what this says, Mark 5, 28 through 29, listen to this. It says, for she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Verse 29, and immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. Go go back, Brad, to verse 28. I want you to consider something for a second. She, the Bible goes this, the Bible says she heard, she heard about Jesus. So let's just put ourselves, her, ourselves in her shoes for a second. Here she is. She has an issue, a condition, a sickness that is killing her from the inside out. Not only is it killing her physically, but let, let's just go through the list. It's killing her financially. The Bible goes, she spent everything she had to be made well, and yet she only grew worse. It's killing her socially, relationally. She is marginalized. She is the least of the least. She is isolated. She is on the outs. Every part of her life is is bankrupt, if you will. And, and And the Bible goes, she heard. She heard about Jesus. She heard. Bible says in Romans 10, 17, that faith, someone say faith. That faith comes by by hearing. What, Brandon, why is it a big deal, by the way, that we open up the Bible and like we study scripture together? Because faith comes by, by hearing. Hey, what, like, why is it a big deal that I spend time reading scripture on the daily? Because faith comes by, by hearing. Why is it a big deal that like when we worship, I'm not just standing there like, that'd be dope if that beat played again. That was so that, that was awesome, by the way. That was so cool. 
Um, I was telling Isaiah, I used to have a little keyboard when I was younger. You won't even know what this song is. Only, only me and pa- pa- Pastor Glenn will appreciate this. But it had a little preset. And if you hit it, it played Live in La Vida Loca by R- Ricky Martin. I almost learned how to play that song. But what, why, why, again, is it a big deal that we, because faith comes by, by hearing. Faith comes when you hear something. Do, do you know why you have so little faith or belief or expectation in areas? Because you, you're not hearing the right things. Be, because you're not intentionally listening and leaning in and saying, God, speak to me. Why? Because when you hear something, it causes belief. Faith comes with, and the Bible goes, she heard about a man named Jesus. Now, here, here's, here's what I want you to consider tonight. Just, just food, food for thought. The Bible goes, she heard about a man named Jesus and she said or she thought within herself, if only I could touch the hem of his garment, I know I'll be made well. Can I ask you a question? It is rhetorical because I'm going to give you the answer. What scripture is that? What? Hold up. If only I may touch the hem of his garment, I will. Where's that in the Bible? It's not. Hold on. What, what, what story? What example? What? what I, I'm, I'm hard, hard pressed to find one. Interesting. So something that wasn't scripture, something that, that, that she just, something in her went because I've heard about this man who is so generous and compassionate, who has the ability to supernaturally work miracles and heal people. Because, I, because I've heard that he's not only able, but he's willing. I, I bet if I just, I bet if I could just touch the hem of his garment. Something in her had an expectation. So, something in her had this, had this thought. Something in her conjured up this, this, this belief, this expectation that if I can just get in proximity and if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I know. Can I ask you, what are you believing for? What are you expecting? Like, just like, like real thought. When you came in here tonight, what was your expectation? Let's, let's take 30 seconds. Not that long. That's actually like 30 seconds. Sounds like it's not a long time, but if you, if you did the timer, it's way longer than you think. Um, So let's take five seconds. I, I want you to think personally, individually. What did you expect when you got here tonight? Because I can almost guarantee you're going to get what you expect. And, and what's so sad is for a lot of people, sorry that I keep on breaking your cables and cords, Kimberly. What's so sad is for a lot of people, what they get in gatherings like this is nothing because they have no expectation. What, what's so sad is that for so many people in gatherings, camps, retreats, in quiet time with God, in life in general, they, 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 they get nothing because they expect nothing. See, G- Jesus said in Mark chapter 5, verse 34, he, he said this to her. He, he didn't say, wow, whoa, crazy. Your athleticism has made you well. 
Like the way that you leaped over that guy to touch, like, have you thought about football? Like that, you, I'm telling you, you could stretch past the, he didn't say your athleticism. He didn't go, wow, wow. I'm honestly just how pathetic you are. I feel so bad. Here. He, he said, daughter, your expectation, your faith has made you well. See, there's a currency in God's kingdom and it is faith. Faith is the currency. Faith is, is, is the money. We, some of us are going to go to Taco Bell tonight and we're going to eat food that no human should eat, but we're going to eat it anyways. And, and when, when, you, when you put that, that $1.50, that, that's, that's an exchange. The, the, the Bible teaches us that faith is the currency of God's kingdom. How, how did we receive salvation? Faith. How is it that we receive the forgiveness and the cleansing of our sins? Faith. And how is it that we receive all? It, it's faith. And the Bible goes, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in, in, in peace. There's, uh, there, there, there's one more thing that, that I'd, I'd like for you to consider tonight. And that's this, number three. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. That expectation always requires action. That expectation always requires action. Can, 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 can we circle back? I, I want to just point one, one more thing out, and then we're, we're going to close right, right here in a second. Mark chapter 5, and i got to find the scripture again so I can give you the accurate reference. But Mark chapter 5, um, uh, verse 31. Can, can you throw out verse 31, Brad? I, I, I would like for us to, to do some, some, some real considering for a second. Thank you, Kimberly. Just so you guys know, every time Kimberly comes up here, um, she tells me that I preach too long a lot of times. And she's always like, hey, if I just go up there, I'm sure, I'm just kidding, that's not true. Um, Mark 5.31, but his disciples said to him, you see the multitudes thronging you and you say, who touched me? Just quick question for a second. Do you think there were more people in that multitude who had a need than just her? Absolutely. The, the, the Bible says that pe people were, were flocking to Jesus because they had needs. The, 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 the Bible tells this, that words start getting out that there's this guy and he's healing people. There's this guy and he's, he's delivering people. He's and all of a sudden the, the, the Bible goes, people with need would, would come to him. So why is it the disciples go, everyone's touching you. Like, you, like you, you, are, you are surrounded. Why is it that one marginalized, isolated, belittled woman, that she's the one that drew power from him? See, because the Bible goes, she touched the hem of his garment and immediately she felt, I'm, I'm healed. And immediately he felt power has, what was it about her posture? What was it about her that, that, that while everyone in the room is in proximity, that she's the only one drawing power? What, what, what is it about this situation that everyone is around him and they're near him, yet she's the only one that's drawing power from heaven that stops Jesus in his tracks? It's expectation and it's action. Do you know how difficult it would have been 
on multiple levels for her to do what she did. She, she, she's sick, she's weak. She, she does not have strength in her body like, like you and I have. She is, she's fighting the awkwardness. She's fighting the marginalization of, of knowing that I shouldn't even be near this crowd because I'm sick. How, however, I'm gonna, and she pushes through this crowd. Have you ever tried to push through a crowd before? You, you, you ever like physically tried to do that? I um, Anybody, you like concerts, you're a concert person. I love going to concerts. And um, I remember the, Side note, I took my wife Jenny to our first, she'd never been to a concert, I didn't know this. And I took her to our first concert, first one she'd been to. It was Paramore and Copeland, uh, the bands that we went to see. It was at, I think, the Fillmore. And um, this mosh pit started and she didn't know you shouldn't wear flip-flops to a concert like that. And she lost both of her sister's brand new flip-flops at this concert. It was epic. Um, But it's difficult to push your way through a crowd of people. It's difficult to make movement and progress and push your way through a crowd of people that are all fighting for position, yet she, she fought through the crowd. She fought through the crowd and she stretched herself out. If you're taking notes, you write down this quote. I love this quote, but it's simply this, that, that when, when faith meets God's presence, his power is manifest. When your faith, when your expectation meets the presence of God, God's power is made known. I, 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 I just get this picture of her stretching out and barely just brushing the hem of his garment and her faith in action pressing, to, that her faith in action is releasing this power. I, I get this picture of, of you and I stretching our hands out to heaven inviting and welcoming God's spirit, God's presence, and stretching our hands saying, God, we need you. God, we're desperate for you. When faith and expectation meet the presence of God, God's power is made known. So can I just ask you tonight, what are you expecting? I actually have four questions I wanna ask you. Brad, Brad, you can put those four questions on the screen. Four questions I wanna ask you. Number one tonight, what do you need? If you were to sit down at a coffee shop one-on-one, you and God, and God said, hey, here's the menu. Here's my salvation, my deliverance, my, here's all. What what do you need? What is it that you need in your life tonight? It's different for every single one of us. What do you need? Number two, what, what do you want? Do you know there's a difference sometimes in what you need and what you want? Because there are those of us in here tonight that what you need is a touch from, from God. But, but what you want currently is not even connected to God. What, what, what do you need? Maybe more importantly, where is the desire of your heart tonight? Number three, what are you expecting? Let's just suppose for a moment you are going to camp, which I pray that every single person that has the ability to be at camp would find a way to go to camp. But let's just say for a moment you are going to camp what are you expecting this weekend? What, what, what is the expectation? What, what is the thing in your heart that like her, she said, there's just something in me that I just know, I just know that if I can touch the hem of his garment, I will be made well. What, what's your expectation? When, when you approach God, when you think about God, when you come to church, what is your expectation? And, and lastly, what, what are you doing about it? 
what, what are you, what, what are you doing about it? I, I know that this is not all about me, but I, I want to just give you, give you an example. I remember about three years ago, can I, can I use this? Thank you, man. Appreciate Thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you. <laughs> that's actually, that's one of my favorite like jokes. And no one thinks it's funny. When someone comes to my house, they're like, hey, can I use your restroom? And I go, no, you can't. It's no, no one thinks it's funny except for me. But <clears throat> I remember about three years ago, I, I was at this, this church conference and I was about to be ordained. Uh, that's a really big church uh, word for saying that I was about to get prayed for and people were gonna go, yeah, you've been a pastor for a long time and you're doing a pretty good job. And so I was about to be ordained. And, and honestly, I thought it was kind of like, I don't know. I don't really know if it's super significant. That's kind of, so I, I got there early and I'm sitting there and um, have you ever had a bad attitude about something and you don't even know why? I was probably tired, I probably needed more coffee, but I had a bad attitude about being ordained. I'm like, I don't know, this is, this is gonna take a long time. It's gonna be a lot of words and I, I don't know. And, and all of a sudden, just something, something, and I felt like God speak in, in not so many words, these questions. What do you need? What do you want? You're about to have people come pray over you and, and affirm God's call in your life. What are you expecting? And what, what, what I, I don't know if anybody saw me, if anybody thought that I, I, was, I was dumb, I was weird, but like, it's, you know, it, this is pre-service. So just, just think pre-service, everyone's playing ping pong, people are doing foosball, someone's over here trying to get someone else's number, there's people doing, doing double dutch, and like, we just, and people just hanging out, it's pre-service. Pre and, and I'm just, it just hit me and I just went, and I got on my knees and I just started praying and I started calling out to God and I started in desperation. I don't care if I look stupid right now. I need, I need you. I'm actually not great in some areas. I actually am pretty unsure. And I started call my expectation. Can I tell you to this day, that day, that, that, sir, that, that it stands as probably the most powerful, significant moment in my life up to this point. Because of what God did, I'm convinced God would have done none of that if I wouldn't have got on my knees and started, you got to bring faith. You got to bring expectation and you have to be willing to go, all right, God, because I'm expecting you to meet me. I will move forward. I will fight my way through whatever I have to fight my way through and I'll have to stretch my, whatever I got, I'm expecting you to meet me in this place. It could be camp. It could be church. It could be spending time with Jesus, reading your Bible at home. It could be in your car, driving to school or work. It could be anywhere. But when faith, when expectation meets the presence of God, God's power is always We hope you've been inspired by this word. To help awaken your faith on a regular basis, subscribe now so you can be alerted when we have a new message. Thank you so much for listening.